Hey, this is Nick Romolini, and welcome to episode four of The Blank Page, a podcast about creativity, neuroses, and where the two meet. This episode is with comic and writer Fred Belford. Fred started out as a stand-up comic in LA and has been working as a writer in the business for the last 20 years. This episode was a little bit different than the previous ones. I, I don't think I was super clear about what exactly the show is and the depths that I like to plumb and it turned a little bit more into an interview than a conversation and that was great too. I actually learned quite a bit from Fred, his career path and his experiences out here in LA. So I was super grateful to have the conversation, even if I internally have been freaking out that it wasn't exactly what I think my show should be. And ultimately, the whole point of this show is for me to try to process through all these emotions and neurotic blocks that I have. So... One of them this time was not thinking this show was exactly what this show should be. All of that said, Fred is fucking great, and I really appreciated him coming on and having a conversation with me. We talk about his career path. We talk about stand-up. He has a great David Schwimmer story. We talk about his time working with Russell Brand, his time working with Will Forte. We talk about failure. We talk about his time writing for the MTV Movie Awards, selling shows, submitting particularly to late night shows, uh, my struggles to break into the business. He had a lot of great advice for sort of getting in the door. He talked about the time that he was a runner for a management company and setting off Brett Butler's alarm system. At one point, we discussed anime that I have absolutely not even the first fucking clue about, but I went with it. And he talked about the excuse list, making your excuse list, and crossing off every last fucking excuse on there until you've made the thing that you want to make. It's just a conversation with a cool-ass funny dude who's been doing this for a very long time. Enjoy my conversation with Fred Belford, and thank you so much for listening. Yo, 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 yo. Fred Belford. Is Nick Romolini. What's going on, buddy? I say I'm a wonderful. I, I haven't worn headphones in so long. It's weird. Are you wearing like in ear or over the ear? Oh, in ear. Okay. Okay. But that like go like like four or five inches into your ear. So All the way really in. Amazing. It's a full yeah. sort of eardrum probe. It's pretty amazing. And then and then I'll know if I have COVID afterwards. Do they actually will they actually wrap around all the way through your sinus passages? I guess so. Unfortunately, I'm not. The, I can't do that. Like I can't even neti pot. So I don't know. I don't know the full joys of whatever that would be. So it's uh, it's Sunday, and basically the only. I don't know about your neighborhood, but it's basically the only day I can possibly record due to the sort of unconscionable amount of construction that happens. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it's well, actually kind of quiet today, and it's like it's unnerving. It's that weird thing where you're like, oh, construction is over. And then you just hear a leaf blower. You're like, oh, yeah. Exactly. Hey, Sunday. <laughs> Gardeners are always staying busy. Yeah. This is like, wait, is everybody asleep? Uh, I'll just show up tomorrow and just make, just turn that on. <laughs> and then we can do it. I just leave it in the front yard and I leave. How often would you say you berate yourself? Berate myself? Berate yourself. I only ask because I'm a person who um, constantly berates myself. Uh, and, uh, you know, in the writing process. <laughs> oh, in the writing process. Yeah, yeah I will yeah. say this. It is, it is a constant cycle of uh, adulation and beration. Like, 
hey, that's pretty awesome. Oh, fuck it. Oh, it's, it's just this wild ride. It's always up. And for every up, there's, for every time I berate myself, there's a moment where I'm like, genius? No, you're not. That's sort of my cycle. Totally. And there's no, there's no like just riding some sort of even line ever. No. And I wish I was one of those, like, I think there's two kinds of people like that. There, there's the people that are just like so good and they're just like even keeled of like, cool, cool. And you're like, and they keep this, <laughs> fuck those guys, this like, this level of just good. And then there are other people that suck. No offense. But I've been thinking where people are terrible, but they're like, yeah, it's great, man. It's great. Everything's great. Right. And you're just like, oh, I get it. You'll never, reality is not a thing for you. So, so you'll probably be sane because you're not in the real world. Right. But, you know, no offense to anybody I've worked with that thinks they suck. Oh, well, it they was, can it, only it wasn't, suspect. It wasn't them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've been doing this for a while, right? I mean, you've been at this a long fucking time. So to not have found, I mean, I guess that. To would, not be successful no, by no, now. No, no, no. I was going to say to not have found that like even <laughs> level of like uh, sort of, you know, not well, constantly <laughs> vacillating between self-hatred and like self-adulation, you know? Well, I think it's also, I didn't, I didn't start out wanting to you know I, I, like i didn't i'm not like um i started out doing stand-up tell you me know? about that um it's where you stand on a stage and you tell jokes into a microphone unfamiliar um, tell me more you've heard dan cook right <laughs> oh yeah 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 it's just him oh got um, it okay perfect thank you uh-huh and then uh <laughs> then, um, they uh so you got to be funny to do it obviously <laughs> or or <laughs> Look good without sleeves and rolling on the ground doing an impression of a snake. You can do one or the other. Mm. There are two paths. But he does them both beautifully. Um, wow. Shredding uh, Dane Cook. Not what I expected. I'm not. I'm saying he's fine. He's, he's, I, would, I would slit a throat to be in his shoes. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so you didn't set out to write, basically. You started no, as a stand-up. Stand-up and stuff like that. And then, you know, and then, then you start... You just, I fell into to writing and you just kind of like, okay. But when I fell into it, you know, I'm always around people that are just like, I went to college for it. I did this. I did this in the Harvard blah, 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 lampoons. And so there's a, there's always a piece of you. It's just like, like maybe uh, I'm not so good. You know, I do a lot of spell check. Right. And then, um, but you know, but by now I will say, actually by now I'm actually fairly confident. Like when I walk into a room and I'm like, look, here's what I'll give you. Here's what you're going to have. That's how good it's going to be. Right, because you know what, I mean, at this point, you know what you're bringing to the table, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it's just like, I just got to, I used to just be like, um, like if someone gave a note, I was just like, uh, I'd be like, they're fucking wrong. You know, how dare you? Right. <laughs> like, but then, you know, then you go through the phase of just like, oh, they hate it. And then now, now it's just like, now I'm just like, hey, it's just business. You know, that's kind of what it is, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean. I guess it just takes repetitions to get to that place of like, oh, I got notes. It's not because I'm a piece of shit and I can't do anything. This is just how this business works. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and it's just a thing of like, you never know what someone's going to like. I think that there's two things that everybody thinks they can do. Oh, well, three things everybody thinks they can do. Edit. Like when you're editing, everyone's like, oh, let's do this. Like, like you know, like they talk like, you know, now just twirl it around and it turns out, you know, like, hey. There's a process. I have to cut this down. I have to do that. You know, but it's just like, you want me to do it? Like, I, I love being an enemy when a producer goes, you want me, do you want me to do it? Like, whoa. Right. <laughs> yeah, I do. 
Yeah, please yeah, jump ahead. in. Jump right in. Here, I'll actually just hand the keyboard <laughs> like, and the mouse over to you and you take over. Yeah. Christ, as an editor, this hits home. Yeah, no, and there's two things. Then the other two things are writing. Everyone's, everyone in this town is a frustrated writer because they all think it's super easy. Do they do it? Do you know what I mean? It's because they don't do it's because they don't do it. So they think that yeah, they yeah, could do yeah. it better, of course. But so many people sitting there saying, like, you know, like here's what I would do. It's like, no, here's what you would do. You'd sit in front of the computer for about an hour and a half, just looking at it, and then go, uh, oof. You'd write a few pages, erase a few pages. Right? If you, you know, like it's, right. it's it's a process. So the when they treat it as a sort of like and so many people like I've had so many producers like go, here's a script. You know, take a look at it. And you're like, okay, see, I'm gonna tell you right now, it's showing you why it's not easy. You know, like right. <laughs> like, um, and the other thing people always think we can do is animation voices. Like, whenever I work in animation, everybody suddenly is like, you know, I do voices. <laughs> Everyone turns into Robin Williams from Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, it's like so much. Like, hey, uh, you know, like you know, you talk to yourself in your car. That's different. You know, like this hmm. is a craft. This is a craft. It takes <laughs> work. Yeah, it's like yeah. No, I, I, I'll give your name to the the lady. Uh, the casting lady. It, it it really is. I mean, it's a business full of such audacity. Like, I wouldn't go to my accountant's office and be like, you know, I could do this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I could do this. What are you doing over there? Let me see. Actually, let me see that form. Hold on. Did you did you put that in right? Like, what? No. Like, respect the people who do the jobs. I mean, it's crazy. Exactly. And if you want to be a fucking voiceover artist, go audition. Go. Do it. You know? Well, like, like I love the thing of like, People have dedicated, you know, years of their lives. Right. <laughs> like, I would like to just take the shortcut, and that's a lot of this town. It's like, totally. What's the the shortcut that I can just uh, do what you do without all the years of hard work? Right. But for some reason, it's the opposite for directors. I feel like a that is ninety percent attitude. Like, yeah, I'm a director. Like, like I see people just go, like, just become directors by saying they are. Right. And it's also the one where nobody. Uh, like you don't sit there and go like, well, here's what I would do if I was a director. I'm just sort of like, okay, well, that's the director. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> right. Whoever their PR person was, they they amazing, right. great job. So you started in stand up. I mean, you go back like early 2000s, right? Is that when earlier? You kinda, are you from? You're I, from Stockton, right? I'm from Stockton, California. Okay, home of uh, home of murder <laughs> and, and uh, drugs, right? Meth. Uh, uh yeah well how you got a murder for the meth makes sense yeah right and then um by the way one of my favorite metal bands murder for meth <laughs> um trademark yeah um, i know i was just gonna say that let's call that out <laughs> just call that out right <laughs> this moment let <laughs> me find out like half of stockholm there's like 20 murder for meth bands right exactly um we are murder for meth sorry so then um and then I did stand up in college is when I started when I went to San Francisco. Okay. Nineties in the nineties. It's the only reason I went to college was because I wanted to get to San Francisco. Okay. So it was like, get me the fuck out of Stockton and I'll get to San Fran. And then when you yeah. got there, you were like, ah, I'm, uh, people tell me I'm funny. I'm going to get on stage and tell some jokes. Well, or like yeah, what drove no, you there? I mean, nobody's going to care. If you're still listening to this, why? Um, you can, you can tune out. Yeah. Just skip to all the tips. Just skip to mm. all the secret codes, like the Contra code. And we're like, who's this doofus talking? Why are we listening to a guy who rents? He rents. That's, That's this guy. It's the whole um, point. It's for all the other people who rent. Here, mm. you could rent maybe a little better. Okay, here we go. Here's the trick. Um, you don't have to pay to the fifth. 
Um, in high school, I went from Stockton. Like I lived everywhere in California, okay. and then then Central California, and then more Central California, and then the last few years of high school, I ended up in Orange County. But it was it was weird. I came from like from Stockton, which was very urban, to like city, and okay. then uh, to like a kind of those like Salinas areas in North Monterey County, right? Castroville, home of big giant artichoke. And uh, it's not a joke. Shout out to the artichoke. Uh, uh, <laughs> giant artichoke. I, mean, um, I, I love artichokes. I just wish I was better at preparing them. Oh, no. They grow like weeds there. And I'm not kidding you. Like, I had a bunch of my backyard, like, artichoke plants. And we're like, what's, what's this? Throw them into the green bin. Right? They do flower beautifully. I mean, that purple <laughs> flower is unlike anything I've seen. It's all right. You know, we call them weeds when we're in Castorville. Right. Because there's too many of them. But they, uh, and then I go to this by Dana Point, which oh, is shit. like super rich, super wealthy people. Well, I was there for a little bit and then someone was like, hey, we're going to go surfing for lunch. Do you want to go? With-? I'm like, sir, what the, like, what John Hughes movie did I walk into that you could surf for lunch? Amazing. And somewhere around there is when I start. I was like, I'm either going to go into politics or I'm going to go into comedy. And uh, depending on what universities reject me. Right. Politics rejected me. <laughs> and SM State was like, yeah, we take everybody. Come on in. <laughs> So I was like, all right. Perfect. So you started telling jokes. You were in San Fran for a while. Then you came down to LA. Did some stuff down here for a while. It was fun. Got into the improv scene. That was lame. Um, but uh, <laughs> but it sticks here, with you forever, the improv scene. It's weird. It's one of those things that when you're doing it, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you like, it led to stuff that I'll sit there and go like, I cannot believe I ever did this. Like, totally. We got this gig through improv. And every time I'm at Universal City Walk, it's just like this huge swath of memories. I was just there, like at the City Walk during Corona time. Nice. And I assume that it's going to look the exact same when the zombies come. I mean, it just feels really creepy. 100%. In front of the movie theater, okay, there's a giant movie theater there, like a 15 plex, and the theater's it's big. And I had a gig, it was me and like three other dudes, and we had to wear these like old timey ticket ticker kind of. <laughs> Movie theater things like a pillbox hat and a little green, like half jackety thing, and pants with the stripes on the side. And it was and in we, black and white. I wish, I wish. And then we have to go in front of a movie theater unannounced and just start doing improv for people. Like, hey, where are the, the thing we call it, like ticket taker? Well, ticket takers. Wow. And we just do improv in front of, like, you know, like, it's like, hey, before the Avengers. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, you in the back. Well, we'll keep it going. You know, you, 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 I need an emotion. Eat a dick. All right. Petulant. Here we go. You know, and it's just like, it was like the worst thing. Right. And like, it should be called, it, it would be better. We're going to stand here. If anyone wants to throw, yeah, that's right. Kid, throw those M&Ms at us. That's smart. That's what we're here for, you fucking, fucking fuck. So like, it was like, that was improv. But, and improv, then, uh, and, but improv and stand-up, though, both kind of... I don't know. You're so you're so vulnerable that like you have to f- find some sort of confidence as, as a result of that, right? I mean, because you go up on stage and like you're just fucking exposed, so you have to figure it out, right? I mean, in both instances, improv yeah, a yeah, little yeah. more, of course, but I, I feel for me the the I was miserable up until I stepped on stage. Then I'm then it was just like ne- then I never worried. I didn't, Stand I never up, you mean, been, or both? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Both, both of them, right. both of them. And then, you know, it was never like, 
I, you know, like you don't, you don't bomb as much as you think. And then when you do bomb, it's like, okay, you know, like, I don't care. You know, right. when you're on stage, it sucks afterwards. If everyone does great and you'd bomb. Right. That's the worst. I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about stand up as just sort of like, not because I'm like, oh, I'm funny. I'm a funny guy. I should get up there. But as like a way to sort of build some confidence. And I, I mean, I know I can tell funny stories and <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> But I think that no. But I first think that, of all, first of all, I don't go, buy that. Like what? you want to, you, like if you want to stand up, go to stand up. But it's not to build confidence. You don't go stand in front of people while they, you know, like you hate yourself doing stand up sometimes. You know, it's not a confidence building. But that's but on the years other side later, of it, years, right? If you're knocking it out of the park, but if your opening line is "I'm not funny," I'm gonna go. But it's like, well, you're already taking a step in the wrong direction to come from confidence. What I'm trying to say though is like if you put yourself in that vulnerable of a situation like everything else is kind of easier after that i don't know no you don't think so i was just curious I, if you found that like in doing that and the feeling of like oh this is awful this is awful i'm on stage okay i'm doing it it's okay it's okay and like you do it and then when you get through it you're like okay well i can i can tackle whatever the next challenge is in my fucking day if you're if you're wired like that i guess i'm not wired like that right if I wasn't doing well in stand-up, it would bum me out. Like, I would be like, shit, man. I'd be embarrassed. I'd be like, I wouldn't, I'd be like, there are some people who are, I remember people, you know, you're like, not, didn't get a lot of laughs, but they're like, I told my everybody to be here. I filled it with my family. You know, you're like, really? Like, you don't want to get a little, a little better at what you're doing? Right. But there's some people just, I'm like, I'm not saying they're, you know, like, they give up. I'm just saying, like, it's impressive. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. for me, I would, I was like, you know, I'd, I would, like, be middling, and I'd be telling people, like, yeah, don't don't come. I don't know if it's going to be a perfect show. You know, like right. I, I would much rather be the guy that goes, "Oh, you missed an amazing show last night." Mm-hmm. Than things are showing up and gooching me. Totally. Like I, I will still sometimes sit there and think, like, "Oh, that one show. Here's what I should have done." Right. Like you know, like I remember I had to go to Montreal, the Montreal um, Comedy Festival. I got in that, and that was really exciting. Oh, nice. In the New Faces program, and it's like a career launching thing. So I'm like, "Oh, it's cool. It's cool." I started doing, and I used to do like weird stuff. And the guy who was running goes like, I want you all your weird stuff. And I'm like, are you sure? You know, I should probably just do my stuff that, you know, more, more inclusive. Right, <laughs> and right. he's like, no, no, no. Because we don't have anybody that does stuff like that on the show. I want you to have a distinct voice, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, sure. You know, the guy running it, how can he be wrong? Right. And it's called like the college, you know, the new faces program. It's like in front of the college stage. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is great. You know, like everything's coming up Fred Because like, my weird stuff at colleges. I was just like, easy peasy. Right, and that's then, the best uh, place for it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and Dom Irara brought me on. I used the host that night. And uh, it's one of the few times where I, like, I could feel like my, my bones kind of shake. Like, oh, fuck. Is that thing where your inner monologue is, fuck. Uh, <laughs> like, like, it was, I walk on stage and it's just packed with like people in their fifties and sixties. Oh no. All like, like I think it was like a church social. It felt like, oh, fuck. and, uh, and so I'm doing like this, like this weird stuff. And then it's just like, they're looking at me like, no, n- like nothing. Like, and I'm like, this is my career. Oof. And in my head, I'm like, you got to switch, but like, you can't, you know, do a joke. And I'm like, you got to switch this stuff. And I was like, right. no, if you do that, it'll look even weird. You know, I'm like going right. through his like inner monologue, like, anywhere but there Fuck, and then that's like, got to be crazy on the fly that inner monologue and it, it's fine you know i barreled through it and i got you know but it was like i pushed through it right and i, was, I knew i wasn't gonna get any tv deal that night right and then um <laughs> he wouldn't know dom Herrera doesn't know me but like 
as I walked out, he like crushed. He just, he just said something like, like, no, man, that was really funny. Don't let it get to you. Nice. <laughs> the sort of things like, hey, I think you're funny. But at the same time, confirming, like, yeah, nobody, nobody else liked you. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I was right. like, thanks, Tom. And then, uh, so I walked out there going like, there's gonna, and you still have to like pretend like you did well. Right. Like, hey, 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 hey. And then like two days later, I had my next show. And I, and I was like, I'm changing. I'm going to like the stuff that everybody likes. And I fucking kill. But it doesn't matter. Your first night it's was over. the night that everybody comes to see you. Right. It's Nobody over comes at that to see point. new. You, yeah. It was like, well, you're not a new face with the guy right. the other night. It was like, but you were but a you new don't face get then. Two days later, you're not. Yeah. You're no longer a new face. Yeah. And so this is like one of those kind of lessons. And then I remember I was on stage, like I was doing um, Largo uh, when it was on Fairfax. I see that will show a lot. And I remember I, I just, I just, I had a really good show. And this guy comes off and he's a producer or a manager. I don't know what he was, but he's like a big dude. So you come off the way Largo used to be. There's like a little foyer that nobody can see you that's watching. So you exit the stage in this foyer. And he was like waiting for me. And he just grabs me. He goes, that was amazing. I'm so-and-so. And I go, oh, okay. Okay. Thanks, man. And I was like, and I remember like I messed up one joke. It was still hilarious, but I messed it up. In my head, I'm like, show them that you're humble. I don't know why I'm always like humility. If you are getting into any kind of business in this business, my my memoir advice is don't be humble and don't be don't be arrogant, but don't be humble. If someone says you were amazing, just say thank you. Right. Don't be like, oh, I wasn't. No, I could have been better. Oh, I bombed that one joke. Oh, like that's the wants Fred Belford school. And I go, I go, no, I right. messed up that joke. And he goes, oh, really? I go, yeah, it was terrible. And then he goes, oh, oh, like, oh, okay. I guess you were. Oh. So literally, <laughs> we're we're having. I ruined this moment. I'm killing this moment. I hear the guy that came up after me and there's no, you know, he's not doing great. And uh, he comes off stage and I, and I know that I knew the comic and I knew it was a bad night for him and I knew it wasn't great. So he comes off and sees the guy and he knew who he was. And he goes, Hey man, did you, did you come see my set? And he goes, Oh no, I'm sorry. I was talking to Fred. And he goes, this, oh, it was amazing. I just did so amazing. Crowd loved it. And he goes, really? Well, you come in my office. We got to talk about this. Ugh. And I was like, Oh, I've just learned my first lesson on, um, you know, confidence. It's just like just like projecting confidence at all times, basically. That keeps being works. a theme of this shit, man. Like the more people I talk to, the more they're like, "Yeah, it's just like you need to have this irrational confidence, whether you're good or not." And I'm like, oh, I mean, and it could be right. a lie if you you can you know like you can pretend you're you're confident, and it'll work just as well. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So, what was your um? What was like the first win for you? Like, I mean, you were you were stand up. You just mentioned the Montreal thing. What was like the two two parts? I guess what was the first thing that took you from the stage to actually writing professionally? And also, like, what was your first fucking like? This is it. Um, I, or like, I made it in some capacity. Like, what was the first breakthrough for you? I guess in your career. God, um, I don't know. Maybe tomorrow I'll have a breakthrough. <laughs> Standup-wise, there was a bunch of them where you were like, "Okay, this is it." Because I feel like I, you know, I met you a couple years ago, but I feel like your face looked familiar. So, like, you were you were you televised? Um, I did like just some NBC thing, and okay. I, you know, like, like nothing major. But I never, I never auditioned for late night anything. Okay, those things require auditions. Yeah, they do. Okay, like, or, or or them being in the audience, seeing you perform. Right. That was one of my one things. I just never. It was brought up a couple times. I was like, no, let's, let's, you know, because you have to have a pretty tight vibe. And I was like, for me, you know, like the, I came through the alternative scene. Like, one I of my, need you a know, loose 30. 
Uh, yeah, that's kind of it. And I can do, I can do, and I, you know, I do tight one and a half, right. and then uh, call it a day. <laughs> that's all I have, people. Go more, take a nap. More time. More time. Oh Christ! All right. Well, I gotta go put money in my meter. If we're gonna continue this shit because they take it until ten here, West Hollywood. But no, I'm, I'm like there. Like I had a couple great moments on stand. One of my the. I don't know if this is going to be a good story, and I don't know. You can probably cut this out. Tell it. I'll cut it. Fuck it. Okay. Like, on stand, one of my best nights in stand-up was Largo was doing this one-year anniversary, and um, uh, and I just was on the bill, and it was like me and everybody you can think of from all my friends in San Francisco, Patton Oswalt, Margaret Cho, I think, was on this thing. Greg Barrett was there. Uh, Tenacious D. I've had to follow the, the <laughs> Tenacious D when they first came out one. Like, and this like little bar, and I was like, Fred, you can go about this little band. Like, oh, okay, no worries. And I was cocky. Like, I'm, you know, like at this point, I'll admit I'm, I was a little unstand up. Like, I was, there was a moment in my life when I was like, I was confident. I was, you know, like, oh, don't worry, I'll get them. Right. You know, like, oh, I'm really, really, really fucking, I don't care. I'll I can follow you know? anybody. I got this. Yeah. I'm not worried about bullshit. And <laughs> he's like, and I just spent my entire five minutes going, are you fucking kidding? I'm not following this. Band. They're amazing. Uh-huh. Like just phrasing them going like, you guys are amazing. I've never seen you before. You're incredible. <laughs> like, I have no business even trying to tell a joke right now. All I can do is maybe. <laughs> like, right. so like, and then, um, and then like uh, Mitch Hedberg went up before me once. Oh, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, sh-. he was always like, like always that. I mean, always just super, super funny. And then like a couple things like that where you're just like, oh, like, you know, because, like, on, like, a showcase thing, there's no higher, you know, but open middle, da, da, da. I just sometimes I would fall in just bad places. Right. And then uh, people like that were always amazing. But so one night, so I'm there, and it's just everybody's packed. And it's packed to the point where you can't get, like, people are, I, we, I hadn't seen that packed before. People are, like, clinging to the back wall. It's, like, filled. Because Tenacious D had just blown up, and they were going to close the show. Like, they, they became, like, um, I think it took about a week. Before mm-hmm. they became like the hottie. Like it was like <laughs> so this was like before I'd gotten all my like I did a bunch of like TV warm-up gigs and stuff like that. Okay. And uh and I'd written for a cartoon or two at this point. But nothing like you know, and I do gigs, but they pay like five hundred here, five hundred there. Sure. And at that point it felt like, you know, a hundred thousand. And then um but I I had a I had a day job mm. and I worked at uh Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf on Sunset Boulevard. Nice. It's it, what's crazy about it. Okay, so this is this is the '90s, and there they had, you know, this is before Starbucks had their, um, whatever their frozen drink is called, the, the frappuccino. Sure. And uh, if uh, I hope they're a sponsor because we just made them a lot of money. <laughs> um, so like, the, so before the frappuccino was the thing called the ice blended, and when this came out, it was like. They split the fucking atom, you know, like who likes radium? And it was like, so co- wait, so coffee bean and tea leaf was actually the originator of the frappuccino is what you're yes. getting at. Wow. Yeah. At okay. least in LA, at least just in LA. rewriting history then, here for everybody. Just setting yeah, the right? fucking record straight. No, you're frozen coffee. Shit, you dude. still work for coffee bean and tea leaf. <laughs> um, <laughs> still catching hey, residuals. Yeah, exactly. I'm the three left in the mall. So this, well, this one's actually closed down now. But it used to be right there by Chin Chin, and I think it's called the Beverly Sunset Junction or something like that. It's like, you know, where Sunset Beach starts to become Beverly Hills thing. Right. Rich people come through there. Right. So every morning, it was a combination of Russian mafia, celebrities, rich people, 
and uh, porn stars. I mean, it's just constant. You know, you're like, like, hello, John Ritter. Hello, Russian Mafia. Awesome. <laughs> it was insane. I mean, in hindsight, I was like, I loved it. You know, like, right. I remember my, like, I was like, Cindy Crawford came in. You, you got to take their names. And I'm like, Jesus. name. And she just like laughs. You Cindy. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Arrogant. Number one. Right. But she was <laughs> but like, I never had a problem with a celebrity, you know, like, right. Uh, John Ritter was exactly who you think he is. The nicest, like coolest guy. Mm-hmm. And like everyone, and, like so many people come in, but there was one celebrity I had a problem with. So this is, this is the story. And, and I hope he's not listening. Cause nobody's listening. Was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hope he's not listening. <laughs> hey, Fred, why waste all that hope when you can just shut the fuck up and tell the story? Uh, <laughs> Cause he's not listening. Uh, but uh, David Schwimmer. Okay. Wow. He was a really kind of a cocky asshole at the time. Now they had just gotten like their million dollar, like you're a million dollars an episode guy. Billion dollars, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was this crazy thing, and 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 he was like, you know, I'm like, but he'd still come in with a sad face, like, Ugh. and not only that, he'd come in like at the busiest time in the morning, like like there was when we would have lines out the door, kind of shit. Right. And it's like, you know, you can send an assistant; it doesn't have to be you. You don't and, have to uh, do this, Dave. Yeah, and he would stand in line like and try to like hide his face. I'm like. Don't come at this time, then right. you know, like you're, you know, like, and nobody cares. You're standing next to like, like John Ritter. Who gives yeah. a fuck? Nobody cares. Right. And then, um, and so, and it was. I'm not kidding you. No, I never saw someone go like, "Oh, you're that guy." It was just the thing of like, okay, you know, and like, um, hey, do you know Chandler? You know, it was like maybe it was probably what anyone said to him. Right. And so then, um, and, and he's great. I, I'm, you know, no beef with him now. I don't care. So at some point. I mean, I realized like he had a major crush on my manager. She was this nice lady, Lori. And um, I called him Lad. It was my, because I was calling everybody Lad for, for a while. Were you like working on a thing? Just trying something out? I, I would just find words that I enjoyed very much. And Lad was one of them. <laughs> how can I, and I said like, how can I help you, Lad? Wow. And he goes, Ugh. And he goes oh, I splendid. And don't call me Lad. <laughs> like really like this, like, I'm like, whoa. Like he said, it that's like how really my five year old talks. Uh, yeah, well, I- imagine your five year old doing it really with a dour face and, and right. $500 million in his pocket. It's like, okay, this is not a good look on anybody here now. Right. And so, and so, like, all that did was make me go, like, <clears throat> okay, lad, you got it, lad. <laughs> and you just get pissed. And I'm like, wow. what are you going to do? Have me fired because I called you lad? You can't, like, go for it. Complain because everybody does not like you here. And then, um, <clears throat> but it got to the point where, I would. He hated it. He hated seeing me, because every so from that point on, anytime I walk in, I go, I go "Let me, let me ask you." And I go, "Like, welcome, well, hey, lad. How can I help wow. you, lad? What's going on, lad? Having a good day?" And it just you see him like see, period. Wow. Like, <laughs> like I used to like hide behind the like cake case and just watch him come in and then jump up and go, "Hello, lad!" And you just see him just like he smile and he drops his like frowny like mummin swimmer. And it was like, it was so fun. To wow. do. I'd write on the cap, you know, like the name, like, okay, what's your name? David, what's your last name? Okay, great. And I'd just write lad. And then you'd have people going lad, lad. And I would just wait and just watch him. And he, he would try not to do it. Eventually, you know, that's me. You wow. know, you're like, yeah, that is Holy you, lad. Shit. And then for some reason, this became like my, my, the most fun thing I had going on in my life. And at the same time, it I'm not like, be. Right? That's amazing. It was so much fun. And then, um, Oh, I know what started the whole. I remember why I realized I didn't like them. I was sitting there, I'm like, I just tried. We just tried this new flavor called raspberry cream. It was not bad. It was not bad. It's not what you expected to be. It was better than you think. 
and he's like sitting there with his, some, with his friend and uh, mm. my manager's like, he keeps hitting on me. I hate it. He's like creepy. And he goes like, he kept saying like, hey, 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 what's a good flavor of coffee to our good friend? And he, like, I'm mixing coffee. So I'm like one foot in front of him. And he's like, to his friend, like, this is the girl I'm going to hook up with or whatever, and then, you know, being all whatever. Ugh. And I'm like, and she just looks at him and goes, uh, rolls her eyes and walks away. And it, you look like a chump for a second. So I said, I'll throw, you know, I'm going to throw him a little, little bone here. And I go, oh, raspberry cream. It's delicious. Like, you know, you know, you, I get it, buddy. They all, you, you, you struck out. Yep. And he was just, and I used to go, ugh, I'm not talking to you. And he just went right back to her and I went, Oh, okay. This is not no. a happy gentleman. This is not a fun <laughs> week and talk kind of fun guy. And then the whole lad thing. And it's like I felt extra glee every time. It's like, you're not a cool dude. <laughs> At least he wasn't back then. Right. And, uh, and mind you, I rent. He has a mansion. <laughs> He's probably made better decisions. Small wins, though. Small wins for you, Fred. That's small wins. Small wins. That's it. Um, the, uh, so here's where it's the culmination of the whole thing. So then. That one year anniversary shows up, packed, crazy. And Schwimmer's there with the whole cast of there's another show. I can't remember the name. It was like a single guy, maybe. I don't know. It was something like it was an NBC show that they were like, this is just like friends. Right. And um, but it was it was not. And uh I went up, you know, I kind of towards the middle. So everything was like energy was high anyways. And <clears throat> before all this, every week I would do reports like people would go like i would do my bits and then i do a report on how i how i ladded david schwimmer that week and it got would always it. get a, you know got to the point where people loved hearing it and became like a fun thing to do for like a month or two report from the and, front lines of being, yeah. having a day job basically like just being a human yeah. being got it but he's also he was universally like you know he's got that face of like i don't like anything and i'm gonna billion dollars right so everybody kind of already sort of had a preconceived notion that they didn't like him and it was easy for me Right, and I, you know, I'm like, I'm fighting for you. Fuck you, <laughs> you know, the injustice of it all. And then, um, also at the same time, my career just starts to kind of heat up. Okay. And there's this guy, guy from CBS, who's like, "Hey, we're gonna pull you in for some development." And I got to like hang out with him. Okay. And he started dating somebody I knew, so I heard all the inside of like, "Yeah, they like you. You know, things are good." It's CBS, and I'm like, "Oh, I love that." That's, you know, that's on uh, big time TV. Right. So then I'm. I show up to this thing and he's there, the CBS guy. And anyone who knew me, there was like a little bit of a whisper of like, Schwimmer's in the house. Does Fred know? Kind of a thing. Got it. And it's like, yeah, of course I know. <laughs> and then um, when Lord Schwimmer walks in, they. Lad uh, Schwimmer. Lad Schwimmer, Laddie Magoo. <laughs> the guy from. And I'm like, I wasn't going to do anything about it. Just so I was like, I'm going to do my bit. It's a, big, it's a big night. I don't want to fuck it up. Right. The guy from CBS grabs me and goes, uh, are you gonna do Schwimmer stuff? I go, no, I was thinking about just letting it go. He goes, Do you want to show on CBS or not? <laughs> I was wow. like, uh, okay. You know, I think he just for him personally, what he was like, this will be fun. I, you know, and of course, Fred Belford making the wisest decisions he can make. So like I come out and I did a couple jokes and then I turned to him and I was like, Hey, you know, so I work at this place and blah, blah, blah. I start telling the story and I go, he's right here, you're right here. And I was like, you pointed him out and i'm like you know i called him and he was like maybe you're not a dick maybe joey's a dick and you're like really nice and yeah. you just come across that way and i just like laid into him and the the friend's fervor had hit a peak so people were excited to to take a shot at the king sure. so like i had like the crowd like it was one of the best sets i've ever had i will say that the packed house people were like, oh. 
you know, like, kill him. And you're like, no, 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 too far. And then, um, <laughs> and like, I finish up and I walk up to Schwimmer and I'm like, hey, man, uh, you know, it's just doing a bit. And he goes, he goes, yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I didn't get it one bit at all and ran away. Wow. And then um, it's funny because on his little actor friends uh, who collectively were like five feet, like tried to like intimidate, like kind of like circled me like. And you're like six and, four, and I, right? And I'm six four. And I literally went like, like they were like kind of standing by the door, like they're like, like trying to be tough guys. And I laughed. And I remember like I just brushed them aside, like physically brushed them aside. And I went, get out of the way, little boys. Like that. Wow. And they were like, oh, you know, because they're actors. And they just thought they were and, like, if we act tough, they'll believe it. And right. I was just like, this is just a weird, it's all getting weird now. Oh my God. So that was kind of it. That's what I did. And then um, I remember, so I'm working at Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf still at this point. And like, and there's one girl like the next day runs in. She goes, you do work here. Oh my God. It's so amazing. So that's true. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. And she goes, yeah, I saw your Largo show. And David Schwimmer came in for an audition today. I called him lad. He hated it. <laughs> and like, I guess like people come back. And like, so like for next week, people come in and say, like, I called him swimmer lad. Wow. Like, oh, great. And I, you know, you're like, we did it. Would you like whipped cream on this? Like, oh, you know, like we, we look at us how successful we are. And so then um, my friend said, she saw him like uh, at Starbucks and uh, by the, in the Valley, by the studio. And she goes, uh, she was with the guy, Joey. And he was uh, hitting on my friend's friend. And then so the like, swimmer was left to talk to her. She's talking to him. She goes, don't you normally get your coffee? Like coffee bean and tea? He goes, yeah, like every morning. And then she goes, yeah, <clears throat> my friend works there. Is he, is he a comic? And she goes, yeah. And he goes, come on, Joey, we got to go. You can tell him I didn't get it. I didn't get it one bit at all. And like ran away. And I'm like, and this is like two weeks later. I mean, I'm like, well, wow. <laughs> like, this is, like, I was like, okay, at least, you know, like. I had some cause and effect on somebody's life and where I supposed to bring joy. I brought, <laughs> but I'm sure like he wouldn't remember any of this. But for me, it was really fun. Those are the good times. He might still remember it. I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty significant to be called lad around town for like two months. Yeah, but I don't think enough time is pa- like, you know, like sure. celebrities don't care. They don't. I'm sure Schwimms is a fucking. It would be dwelling. great if you like, if I, I saw him like at one point years later. There used to be a place, uh, a theater on Crescent Heights and Sunset, like Lemley's Five, but I forgot it became like the Sundance Five or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was watching this like movie with a couple friends, and he came in all by himself and like sat in front of us. And it was so hard not to be like, "Hey, lad, I'm the guy who calls you lad." <laughs> it was years later. Oh, it would man. just be so great. And I was like, <clears throat> he just doesn't. He never seemed happy. Like even though I was looking at him, going like, "I actually kind of feel sorry for you. Right. I don't know whether I should." Right. I mean, you know, I think you know, but like it's like. You don't. You don't seem like you got. You never. You never smiling. <laughs> like, it's it's uh, quite, quite benevolent of you. Yeah, I'm a sweetheart. It, uh, you know. So you worked with Russell Brand for a while. I loved Russell Brand. Yeah. So, had you prior to Russell Brand had you worked with anybody that was that high profile? Uh, the first the first gig I ever got, like one, like I got some animation stuff. Cow and Chicken. I wrote for them. Right. And I wrote a couple other things. And that came just from people seeing you on stage, just being sort of recruited from stage. I came, yeah. And people, no, that was a guy who was an artist who like knew me from stage. He goes, "You're funny. Come pitch stories." Cool. And that was a weird time. There was this guy. Um, he was writing for it too, and so like he just said it was his birthday, and we got. I meet me at this address, and we'll have your interview. And it was a strip joint <laughs> in the middle of the day, and I'm pitching stories for cow and chicken. <laughs> 
and it's the day strippers. Like there's nobody here except sure. like three guys at the bar. So it's even worse. It's just the women that are just like, you know, it's 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 one in the afternoon. It's the day strippers, man. It's the day strippers. So it's, even, it's just even more like like you and they're like, all right, here's my booze. And I'm like, I, I'm just trying to pitch stories, man. And you could just and he's he's a guy like literally stuffing dollar bills, going like that's funny. And you're like, oh god, I gotta go. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you got the like, gig. <laughs> I got the gig, and then I persevered and uh, to write for children's comedy. <laughs> Unbelievable! You're pitching children's comedy in a fucking strip club at one in the afternoon on a weekday. It was the yeah, that was that was that show. Um, I shouldn't say what show it was actually. But right, it was just a show for a cartoon right. type network. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, and it was not. The, by the way, it was not the. If the if the name slips through, it was not the creator, it was the writers. <laughs> I the creators is a nice, super nice guy, and I don't think he would be he would have liked to have known that that was happening at the time. So then, um, I wrote for uh, the MTV Movie Awards when that was like a big deal. That was my first like big gig. Mm. It was like you know it was fine, but I was like everybody I was writing for was like so like stupid talented, like and like real writers and like Will Forte like was was who i was writing with and like i remember he was like come see my thing at the groundlings and, and like i hate seeing people's stuff and like so i was like yeah i'll go he was a nice guy right i go and you're like what the like this is like unusually the funniest shit i've seen in a while you know like he was so good you're like are you gonna are you gonna audition for snl because you know like you'd say stuff like yeah they want me to i just don't know if i want to you what wow. what is happening right. <laughs> like, it's always the ones another, like that right yeah right and then another one of my friends who was like, he wrote like a million movies, you know, and then, um, and another guy on there who's like the head of like all these sitcoms now, you know, and like, and then there was me. Uh, <laughs> but I remember at the time I was doing stand up, so I didn't care. Like, I was like, this, this is at my ultimate cockiness in stand up. So right. I was like doing really well. Right. Um, I'd insulted Schwimmer, I'd failed it. Uh, Montreal, so like I was like I was on a career high. Sure. And then, uh, and then nowhere uh, to go, nowhere to go, but nowhere down. to go. But I mean, right? It's like so. This is how God feels. Or maybe uh, how Schwimmer feels. <laughs> I get it now. I get it now. They look down at the little people. Shrim. Just Shrim, waiting shrimps. to be called lad. <laughs> just waiting to be called. Is he real little? Like no, he's tall. Okay. It was just maybe all his buddies him. that were little. Oh, his bodies were little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I could remember their names, but like, you know, if you go look at the show, sure. I really think it's called the single guy or something. Sure, sure, sure. Everyone in that was these tiny little people. Sure. And it wouldn't, I wouldn't point out that they're tiny little people other than they had tried they to not, like, had they not tried to like, like it, it reminds me of the, the all when the little kids like pull Kramer down from the fire escape in that one yeah, episode. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or what it reminds me of, there's, there's a Stephen Chow movie called The God of Cookery. <laughs> And there's this guy who's like scrawny, this small scrawny guy, but he's the tough guy in the gang. So he always like flexes his muscles and people right. like, oh, okay, okay, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and like, that's, uh, that reminds me of it. It's like hilarious. Like, are you it's doing a bit? bit? Like, right. this is great. You can't but possibly Steven be Chow, serious. Yeah, right. Oh, I love God Cookery too, guys. And then, <laughs> so then um, I didn't know you were into Chinese cinema so much. So you're writing for the empty. So you're writing for them. No movie award, which was. This is this is the Fred Belfort trajectory. Okay, this this has set my career in writing a hundred percent. So, like, you know, I was kind of like I was so young and so wild. I didn't 
I didn't care. I was like, I'll go do stand up. I don't care about writing, but I'm writing for like big, big people on like, uh, at the time I remember Jimmy Fallon did something for us. Cause they did a Neo thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, I wasn't a dick to him, but I kept talking about stand up, and he finally just turns to me and goes, I don't know, man. I just did impressions to get SNL. Like, that's kind of like, oh, okay, sorry. And like, everybody, I was just like, kind of like, I don't know, man. I, I got along great with my writers, but I just feel like I just was like, you just a, like needling uh, motherfuckers? I don't know. I don't know what it was. I was just a rebel. Shit. And you either like me as the rebel, or you're like, oh, this guy's freaking up shit. But the guy who ran it at the time was this guy who was like, at the time, was super powerful. Like, this. and then, um and but didn't super neurotic and and weird but like lovable it's weird like you love him at the same time he's like eh, i don't know and you I remember like you do something you'd write something funny and you have to turn to everybody and go is this funny uh, is this funny and they all you have to have confirmation and and i remember like i'd written a few things that were like this is amazing and i wrote something with will and they're like this is great this is a parody of um i see dead people whatever that movie is and i remember the like it was like where they're going to make it a short film, but then like the people, the IC dead people, Shyamalan's M night Shyamalan mm-hmm. was like, no, I, I don't want it. He didn't approve of it. Cause it, it kind of revealed the ending. So they're like, Oh, okay. And then we were like, I kept getting close to And the big deal was you want to get a short film made for the, for the movie awards. Like that's the, yeah, that's for the movie. The award. Crown, got it. Okay. Yeah. But I, I don't think of it as like the crown jewel. So I now I pitched like this lifetime achievement award. They given it to Ch- Ch- Chewbacca the year before. And Chewbacca had done three films at the time. Right. <laughs> and so I pitched, you know, it was before, it was right, I was a huge Mr. T fan. And I'm like, he's going to blow up. And like, literally, I think Conan had done a bit with him. And I go, he's comedically funny, he's great. It's and I go, we do a lifetime, he's an award for him. He's done like four movies. And one more better than Chewbacca. Right. And they're like, I don't know. But the whole point is like, just getting Mr. T on stage, the crowd will lose it. And they're like, oh, I don't know. But, and the other writers are like, he's right. It'll be amazing. So I was like, okay, go for it. So I put together this giant package and like the stuff for them. Like, but I never like produced anything. So I didn't know. So then I make it and I just go like, okay. I show it and I go, oh, that's great. I didn't know like to go like, so can we follow up on this? Should I go get the people on this? I just, do I tell the casting? And so like, uh, a week before the show, I'm like, so we're not going to do that at all. Like, well, you did, well, why didn't you get Mr. T then? Like, you, you know, you're like, what? Like, right. I don't know how to do this. I don't know. What the hell? And then, <clears throat> so it's so many like weird failures that like half successes. Instead of looking at it as like, you know, your first time out, you were you're fairly successful and you met a lot of nice people. I looked at it as uh, fuck this. I'm never going to write again. <laughs> I think was what I said. Right. And I was in such a shitty space about it and that like he the night of he puts his hand out in front of all the writers like i was late and they're all saying there to shake my hand and i slapped his hand out of the way and go like get out of here with this <laughs> like, 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 like his, talk about dower like, oh my god the vice president goes great show and i go the fuck it was fuck you <laughs> like, wow because i was just like i'm burning this place down like you know like i'm never writing again right i'm gonna just like I'm, i had a I didn't have a perfect experience. Everybody must suffer. Right. And um, I spent the next few years like, it's like, I'll never need these guys again. I think he still hired me for the next year too. But it was like, I, I went from like A list to like G list <laughs> real quick. And I was like, well, I'm not going to need that guy again. It's like, oh, he's doing what? Sh- he's doing all these great shows. Oh, hey, how's oh, it hey, going? Hey, hey, remember? Hey, remember? No, no, no. Hey, I said the show was great. That was, 
That was, that was six months ago, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so that, that was sort of a career humbling and, you know, I'm starting over. And then, uh, then I started selling shows and that was like, same thing. Like you just kind of like, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Like, I, and now I know what to do, but you have to like the first two, I was just sitting there going like, okay, what do we do now? Right. You know, like, I mean, ha- did you have an agent at that point? Like, were you in the door at uh, places because of your, you know, trajectory thus far? Or to no. That point? Yes. No, I've always had, like, I've always had like, um, God, this is the most boring interview in the world. How long it took? Like six hours? Just, this is quite, quite like a I'm, long time. Yeah, I feel like I'm bumming people out. I'm bumming people out. It's no, like, you're uh, not bumming people out. I think I, I'm, I'm just curious. I'm personally curious about how you sort of, I mean, how do you even get to pitch? Like, was that as a result of the connections you, like, you, so you're found on stage and you're a writer and now you know people and now you're like, okay, well, now I'm going to pitch fucking MTV Movie Awards. Like, Kind of all that, you know, like MTV Movie Awards used to be like, um, I don't know if I had an agent back then. I know I, when, I, when I first got here, I didn't have a ma- I, I didn't have anybody. So I get here and I was a, I got a job for this manager company, um, Martin Management, the Martins, <laughs> they were this Australian. And literally it was like, I was their runner. So it was like, they had all these giant, well, I mean, they had uh, Conquin, they had. Brett Butler was their biggest client. They had Jeff Dunham. They had, like, it just like, oh, and they had like Dana Gould, who was like one of my, not, you know, San Francisco is like one of those like amazing comics. And then, um, oh, Louis C.K. and uh, young Louis C.K., who was like, at that time, like just making short films. I mean, he was stand up. I remember I'd seen him do stand up in New York at the time a lot. And he was great. But he was, you can tell like he just wants to be like an auteur. Right. And, um, and there's things like, hey, man, can you take these? chocolate candies that are shaped like Jeff Dunham's puppet peanut and bring that to his house. I was like, what? They just brought it to us. Some, some chocolate maker, you know, you're like, all right, here, Jeff Dunham, here's chocolate shaped like your puppet. (laughs) You know, like, and then like, and I remember Brett Butler, like loved me for some reason at the time. And she was like, Brid, we watch my cat over the weekend. And like, I was like, yeah, okay. And like, I remember that she was like, under no circumstances can anyone else be in my house except for you. You got it, Brett. So immediately I'm like, you want to come to Brett Butler's house? Let's go to Brett Butler's house. It's going to be amazing. So we go there. And like, she has this giant, she had this giant cat that was like a 40 pound cat at the time or whatever. And like, it was great. We're like, first starts out, you know, like refrigerator. Right. And then there's like a little, uh, bed vibrator, um, remote control to make the bed move. And I thought, oh, I'll scare the cat out of there because it was under the bed. Some, and I turn on, and the alarm goes off. Oh fuck! It was on the same frequency, and um, it's not like a beep boop beep boop. It was like, like changes pitches so your equilibrium gets messed up. I'm like, just we're sitting there. I'm like, what did you touch? And screaming at my friend, like, I the worst. I'm gonna fire. You know, like he's like, I'm fucking. <laughs> we're like trying not to throw up because it's just like, oh no, the frequencies. Right. I call and she told me like if the alarm goes off, there'll be a helicopter here within like two minutes. So just be careful. It's like I'm calling up security people going like, Hey man, I'm watching the house. Uh <laughs> can you not send the helicopter or armed guard? And they're like, Who who are you? And like what's crazy is I talked them there it was clearly the worst security system. Like if you ever rob a house, just call the security system place and just be like, 
yeah, no, no, I'm watching the house. It's just messed up. I'm like, right. oh, okay, we got it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's <laughs> fine. Yeah, we won't send anybody out. And I basically, we just, I was like, cleaned up as best I could. I was like, I hope you're not on camera. <laughs> like, we got to go. And we just left with the alarm. <laughs> like, eh, maybe there'll be cops here. I don't know. And, <laughs> and it was just like a crazy time. And then they'd see me do stand up and they're like, we want to be your manager. So suddenly all these people had brought all these things to. Them. I'm like, got it. Uh, I'm now one of you. Right. And that helped. They were really good. And then uh, it was just weird. I think it was just weird too. She's like, well, now what do I do? I'm the lowest, lowest man on the totem point, you know, as opposed to like, I didn't know what to do. And I knew these people as their runners. So it was an odd, it was an odd relationship. Sure. Yeah. Um, You're already kind of working at a disadvantage because you come, yeah. come from me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, they didn't care. They, you know, like this is Hollywood. Sure, but they you feel just, that way. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, and then I got, you know, I was at another place, but in between the two, I didn't have anybody. And so I, I think through stand up, someone says, Oh, you should, you should submit. And the guy, one of the guys I wrote with on the thing said, like, he read my packet and just brought it to the main producer and was like, Read this guy's packet. It's hilarious. And um, that's how I got it. Got it. And then you never know, like, submit. People like hate to do it, but like, yeah, if it's an open submission, do it. You never know. To what? What do you submit to? Well, competitions like i've heard this from somebody else like submit to fucking you know write a good screenplay and submit it but like what are you uh, talking uh, about no, no. submit I mean, what okay well there's there's several i mean so for like late night they have submissions open submission packets a lot of them do generally it helps if you have somebody if you don't have somebody it just helps to know when it's happening you right. know what i mean like and in that case you just got to keep your ears open meet meet people ask around and the one thing i didn't do that i would this this is like real real advice is like there are people who like I'm like oh what are you gonna do like I'm gonna write for late night with David Letterman like oh okay good luck but then they spend years doing you know right. and the, and then they get it having like, that this like is what singular I goal in mind from the very beginning basically yeah right if you're like I'm gonna write a script uh, and get it made no matter what like you right. know like people who can do that like usually get work like, and then or like there's this girl I knew she was like. Uh, an actress but she was like you know at 110 percent constantly you know like here's my weekly report to everybody and blah, blah. and like we dedicated it called it like a craft and you're like i guess <laughs> and then she she became a writer and she changed that attitude switched that over to writing right you know and it paid up like hey i just got into the small town ohio film festival and you're like right. oh, whatever but it starts to add up and people start to pay attention and now and then she became like a writer for like HBO and like now she's writing on big shows and you're amazing like, and and it's that kind of dedication and you know to giving a crap yeah which I do not have right and it's which is all based on just the like I think because I I expected it all to be easy peasy because of stand up you know right and now I'm actually like kind of taking that advice yeah I don't know I'm like you know I've been out here. I don't know, eight years or whatever. And like now I'm like trying to claw in to sort of the narrative side of the business in any fucking way that I can. I mean, I've directed a short, you know, <clears throat> I've written some things. I've done some some acting classes and shit. But like the act, you know, I, uh, as you know, I was like trying hard for the acting thing. As you hard as you can. that hard. Yeah, you, that's you what I was going to say. As, as hard yeah. as you can with a kid and like being a full-time editor. Like I totally would have mm -hmm. left my editing gig to go audition. But like it, it just seems like one of those things that's really out of your control. And when you have like 
a life around you with like a spouse and children. It's like, this is not the fucking way to break into this business. And this, I love acting. Like I, I absolutely would. Ho- I hope to do that at some point, but it's like, I can write in my house, you know, at 11 o'clock when everybody goes to sleep, but I can't be out at auditions at 11 o'clock when everybody goes to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, the best thing you can do at that point is like a groundlings class or whatever, right. but you're still going to be away from your, it's 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 a different thing to sit there and like, hey, honey, I got to go to my improv class tonight. I'll be home around two. Totally. You know, like it's a weird, you know, good luck with the kids. You know, exactly. it's, it's a different thing when you have kids. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's and that really was your mistake. The game. That was That's where you I messed mean, up. No, it really was, though, because like I literally like just threw away my 20s and could have been spending that time actually like working fucking towards something instead of like now. Trying I hope to, that like, you tell that to your son all the time. Like I could have been somebody, but you ruined it. I look forward to that day. I, I'm sure he looks forward to that day too. <laughs> I mean, no, my oh, whole thing now though is that I'll tell you why we don't have a pool. <laughs> my whole thing is that now I'm going to do this in spite of this decision that I made and I want to blame others for. I actually don't want to, I own my shit. Like this is fucking, this is where I am and it's fine. But like, I guess I don't even know sort of where I was going, but I guess as somebody, I'm like so, so on the, you know, I work as an editor. I do fucking like, well, you know what I do. Um, and I'm so far on the fringes of things, but I do see sort of the, the only real path towards something with all the constraints that I have now is to fucking just write a script and submit it and have a couple different scripts that are representative of like my abilities. Um, I don't know, man. Well, there, there's, there's, um, again, I, I, if writing is your, like, I might as well do it. You know, like, you should have a passion to some extent. Um, I certainly do. I mean, I certainly then, do. I hope it didn't come across in another way. No, I just want people listening to know, you know, that you're not um, full of malaise. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks. I hope I've yeah. established that already. Oh, I've just been playing a lot of every, every week and it's just not going my way. Um, if I was you, and let's thank God I'm not. Um, no, like, thanks. If I was you, like, you're, you just, you have to write your excuses down on a list and just like cross them off one by one because, like, it's a thing where, like, if you have to start with no real uh, foot in the door, then you have to. I know to, like, you. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> and then, um, well, here's the one thing I've learned. Like, let's just say, like, I'm in development at a big company right now for writing, and uh, I have another thing that's going out to a big production thing, and like any one of these could catch fire. Right. Young Fred would be like, Nick, I'll kick down the door and I'll get you in there no matter what, and I would, and it would, you know, I'd spend a lot of my goodwill and energy doing that, and then, or whatever, whatever. That would not be a wise choice for young Fred. Old Fred says, yeah, I'll throw your name out once. Yep. Totally. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, but no, the truth of the matter is, is like, no, like you could probably get a writer's assistant gig. And if you can get a writer's assistant gig, get, take the gig. If you want to get into writing, because that's one of the best ends there is. Right. And um, if you're not going to do that, then like your script, you have to think of it as a job on top of your second job. Like, totally. okay. I'm tired, but I'm still going to read my script. You know, you got to go through and go like, 
this can be funnier. Yeah. This can be better. This can be, this can be, this can be. And to the point where you're like, I think I feel good. Right. And then you have to work twice as hard because then you got to start something new, doing the same exact thing. Because the first thing anybody says to you, what else you got? I love this. What do you else do you have? Like, and it's this weird game. I don't know, man. So like you, you got to. So by the time things hit, they all hit it once, and then you, whatever. Something. Um, <laughs> a friend of mine got into like a friend of a friend got into a big festival, and he got a short in there, and he started getting phone calls, and people were like, "What else you got?" And he was like, "Eh, nothing really." And like that's yeah, death. Man. I mean, that's certain death, basically. Death. Death. You just have to lie yeah, can, and say, make something up on the fucking fly. Just oh, go, I'm, working fucking, some, yeah. I'm working on something huge right now. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, because then they're going to go, well, come on in and pitch it to me. Well, it's that know? projection of confidence, right? And then you buy yourself the time to actually come up with the thing in that time. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, um, even when they turn you down, they say, like, I, like, I have an open door at a lot of places. Like, I can now call certain places and be like, I'm going to come pitch you something to you. Oh, that's awesome. And I, like, you know, come on in. Right. Um, and there are a lot of people who would like a friend of mine said to me recently about a certain company that I've been a part of. I don't, I don't want to say his name. I'm just going just to do Gucci. It. And then uh, they were like pulling me in constantly. Like, I don't know how I got in. But I just got in. And they're like, we love this show. The patient's something they love it. We made it to us like for months. We want to buy it, want to buy it. Fell apart at the end for, for a certain reason. Then they did it again. Second show I pitched them. Blah, 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 blah. Falls apart at the end. So then they're like, come in and pitch again. And I'm like, pitch again? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like, you guys, I can't just keep knocking Grand Slam. You know, like, right. and uh, so I told my friend, I'm like, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to tell him to fuck off. And he's like, like, a young Fred popped up for a second. And he said it best. And he goes, like, most companies, especially this company, they're not stringing you along. Like, they, they, they have no problem saying no to people. It's what they mostly do. Right. You know, the fact that they're saying yes, 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 yes. Those are great signs. And if, you know, a person with healthy confidence would, would see it that way. And so I was like, yeah. So, and then I pitched them something. Then the game, they threw me a small bone to write for them. And then they bought a show, you know, now them in development for us. And then COVID happened and we'll see what happens. But it's a matter of like, you know, you got to be able to keep that pace of like, Okay, yeah, totally. Okay, great, totally. And you know, like you gotta there were nights I was just sitting there till like, you know, five AM going like what's my you know, what is funny about this show? You know, like Yeah. And for me, what I mean, my biggest motivator is I, I get the meeting and then I really work hard. <laughs> like right. I don't work hard to get the meeting. So like, okay, the meeting in two days, I really gotta fucking focus and get these get these shows on the <laughs> fleshed right. out. That makes sense. And then yeah. I, and if I was you, I would just like I would take the road of the girl that I mentioned prior and just really just like get a script that you're proud of and get it out there to everybody, get another script that you're proud of, get it out there yeah. to everybody. So that if one catches, it means all the others are going to catch. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a matter of working towards the product and sort of stealing myself to do that, you know? And I mean, I have been, I've been writing a lot lately and like I'm moving closer towards that, but it's hard not to get like five steps ahead of it and just be like, well, then what am I going to do? Where am I even going to fucking send it? And I got to write another one after it. And like, it's, it's an insane, it's an insane trick that you need to pull in your mind to just fully believe in the thing that you're doing and be immersed in it. You don't have to believe in it, but you have to like 
I think when people go like the two hardest things about writing are a writing that first draft because you keep setting like you're doing like you're setting these hurdles that don't exist. Right. You know, like one of it. You know, what happens when I love when people like write something and like they'll be like, oh man, like what happens if this one studio wants it, but then like you know James Cameron looks at it, and you're like, who? What are you doing? <laughs> that's that's yeah. That's you're a page two. <laughs> right, right, right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then. uh and then, you know, it's like after you write it, that's when, I mean, everybody says this, but it's true. Like, that's when you actually work, work. If it, you should have fun writing it the first time. Right. You're bringing, you're creating life. Sure. Like, you're literally Dr. Frankenstein in the best right. possible way. Literally. And, literally. And then, uh, like, you take just words and you turn them into sentences and you turn them into paragraphs, you turn them into a script. And if everything goes right, you'll see your words come out of other people's mouths. But it's just a thing of like, uh, I don't know, man. I've had like crazy, crazy successes that have all failed. Right. And uh, there's an alternate universe where I'm a trillionaire. And then there's the Fred Belford universe where it's just, uh, you know, I'm just now, it's taken me a very long time in writing to kind of be like, okay, I can roll with it. What's yeah. next? And there are days when I'm like, I give up, I'm done. I want to become an accountant. There are days when I'm like, I'm so cocky. Right. You know, and it's just, you just, just got to find what the middle ground is. And no matter how you are, always have a place, a home base. Right. That you know, you have to, you know, like I started doing these like little like videos with my kid for YouTube and, and it's, you've seen them. They're amazing. But like, it's, that to me is humbling because I just make them with her and they're fun. And I have people saying to me, like, you got to go pitch this as a show. Right. But I already know, like, I'm like, how do you pitch that? You know, unless you get a million hits, nobody's going to want to see it. Like, the way to pitch it a show is to not put it on. Not give it away for free to YouTube, basically, right? Well, once you give it to YouTube, it becomes about the hits. Like, right. it's in the, you know, like. Right. And I remember, like, early on, I had this weird, uh, I had this guy who was, like, a big agent. Um, and I did this thing. He goes, I'm going to sell this for you. Do not put it on YouTube. And I was like, I was going to put it on YouTube. He goes, don't. because if it gets less than a million hits, no one's going to want to see it. But if it's an underground thing that I can pitch them that nobody's seen before, they'll love it. And like, I was like, Oh crap. You know, like, so I didn't, and I sold it at the time to HBO and I'm like, or MTV, then HBO. And like, now that I put something actually on the web, you kind of fully see like, Oh, I see. Like, you're not going to get like, I, when I worked for Russell Brand, I did something and it was like, you know, it was this like little show thing. It's, little comedy bit and he loved it i showed it to him he loved it and i said would you tweet about it and he goes yeah totally so he re he retweeted and watched this thing my my boy fred did and i'm like oh right welcome to billion you know here this we go it, billions. Yeah. and i think it got like five thousand six thousand hits after that wow <clears throat> and i'm like huh okay because it's not him you know what i mean it wasn't like if it was starring him or if it was sure. him all his followers were like, hey, you fuck your yeah, boy yeah. Fred. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> what the fuck? We've never heard this guy before. <laughs> what, was it, what was it like working with him? I mean, a guy of that sort of level of fame. Like, how do you, how do you ever oh, believe man. anything's good enough? Like, and, I mean, I don't necessarily want to know, like, is he cool? Like, whatever. Like, for you personally, given our conversation about confidence, like, how do you, I don't know, how do you fucking hand something over and be like, is this good enough? Well, um... You know, there's a team that that works on stuff. That right. by the time something, I don't just walk up and we hear this. Sure, sure. But I mean, with him, 
like, uh, look, I, I want to write for shows like that. And, I, you know, I write for like an award show or whatever. I'm like crazy confident, you know, it sounds weird, but like, it's not a script. It's just being funny. And that, you know, mm. like that's sort of like the uh, written version of standup. Right. You know, like this, hey, let's make a bit. Let's do this. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And he didn't. And like, I remember for him, mind you, he was, he was like one of my, my favorite people I've ever worked for. Oh, cool. Um, slash with. Like, I, he was just great. And then, um, <laughs> like, everything about it. So, anyway, so then, um, cause it was, it was almost surreal. It was funny. You know, like he did this thing where he's like, he lived uh, like in the West Side and he didn't want to go to the studio a lot. I'm mm. trying to say things that, that aren't reeling. But like, and so like, he was like, just meet me by my house at this place called the Soho Club, a Soho house. And we're like, so the writers, we'd have to go do our pitch meetings at the Soho house. <laughs> and like, you're literally like trying to pitch jokes to him. He's like, hold on, there's P. Diddy. I'll be right back. He's, you know, like every celebrity, you're like, hey, he's Harry Styles. You know, like, it's right. like, okay, now in this scene, you, oh, okay, well, wait. Right. <laughs> you're like, this is called Farts a Rooney. And like, oh, yeah. and I'm like, and like, you know, like when we first walked in there, like originally they were like, who, who are you schlubs? Like it's just the writing staff. Like, yeah, we didn't know we'd be, we thought we were going to get Mexican for lunch. And then, uh, oh, <laughs> so, but then we became like every, you know, three times a week. And then, then we started getting like, you know, like, kind of used to it, like, yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a drink. I'll, right. I'll you know, like, Hey, how's it going? Star of whoever. And then, you know, and then it was just the most surreal way to pitch comedy but it was at the same time i'm like i, I love it man sure it was so it was just weird you know like and you get to spend a lot of time in your car when you know i'm like listening to stuff on the way back right because you hit so much traffic but they uh he was great and i remember like he <laughs> so when we first started i guess the guy i was filling in for somebody and there was somebody that they was not great was like telling russ would tell him they call him russ would tell russ like was like kind of really like aggressive with his comedy i guess is the best way or something mm. where he was like he just didn't like him he was like and i don't know what the whole story is you know but so they were like just don't be aggressive you know kind of thing and like actually and but if if a celebrity says like hey i'm not a fan of um blue like me wearing a blue shirt i don't want to that becomes nobody's allowed to wear a blue shirt. I don't want to see any right. blue in this off. You know, like you know, everything is like. So I'm sure by the time it came to me, it was just this like weird like telephone game of like, it wasn't don't make eye contact with them, but it was just, like just be cool, just be cool. You know, and I'm like okay, right. I'll be me, and we'll see what happens. You know, like, and it was like I was not cavalier, but I was like yeah, you know, like I, I can't, you know, whatever. So I pitched a few jokes to him, and they which is like they said don't do your first day out, and I did, and I did some stuff afterwards, and he goes, he just like looked at me and goes. I like you. You're funny. And I was like, from that point on, I was like, all right. And I remember <laughs> at the time, my hair was kind of like longer and scraggly. And uh, I had to go to London. We we're doing shows in London. And if you think he's a big deal here, I mean, in London, he's like a fucking folk hero. It was amazing. And so I remember thinking, like, I cut my hair. And he goes, hey, oh, you cut your hair. And I was like, Ah, shit. Now I get fired. <laughs> you, know, like, you get that way. Like, oh, shit, I should have never changed anything that he liked about me. Right. <laughs> it's just, just a comment. Like, oh, you changed your hair. And then, uh, but he's always nice and super complimentary and super fun. And he was super great. Uh, here's how I will like whoever I'm working with. If they're nice to my family, uh, they're the best. 
and he was like, I remember we had a show, something went wrong. It was, it was like not a great show. And he's walking off and like my family had come and I said like, and he looked like, I just want to go, you know, some, you know, like some nights, some nights you, you want to stay and some nights you just want to go. Right. And it was an, I want to go night. And I said to him, I said like, Hey, you, I know it's not a great night, but we, I don't think I said that, but I was like, <laughs> Hey, uh, like, I mean, I, I knew it wasn't great, but I said, do you want, it wasn't like a bad show or just something went wrong. Sure. And I said, you know, say hi to my family. And he just lights up and he goes, uh, yeah, <laughs> of course. And he's where's Fred Stanley? He turned around. He like hugged my wife and was good to my kid. And he's just so like spent time talking to her and stuff like that. And like, you see my wife like swoon, you know, and, like he's just, he has that charm with women. Right. And I'm like, and it's just like, this is your new dad now, step back. And then, um, but no, and he was just so amazing. And then also after the show had, uh, wrapped, uh, a few weeks later, my family had seen them. He was at the like Melrose swap meet and um and his bodyguard danny amazing guy amazing like as if like if, if um straight up a danny boyle movie like just like off the charts awesome <laughs> and so like he literally goes boy i know you to like my family and they're like yeah you tried to work for the show and he goes yeah and he, he goes russ and he grabs him and picks him up and like it's Fred's family. He goes, oh, Fred's family. Just like literally picks him up and throws him in front of my family. Like, hey! <laughs> so, like, so like, you know, like, you know, like that whole group I'm totally a fan of. As far as working for them, like, yeah, I mean, you just got to like be smart, like and not overstep your bounds. And like the, the, the worst thing you do is think you're funnier than the, it is not appreciate the person you work of course for right. slash with. Right. And like, you know, I'm like, try to listen and get, get a sense of who they are and what they like. And you, you know, once you kind of get the, get the talent, it's easy, you know? Yeah. And, um, and that show was just so wild. All you had to do was just be kind of funny on the fly, I think. Right. And then, uh, he was great. And then, um, I worked for a few big people. I'm just can't really, uh, think too much. Um, but he was one of the more fun people. He's more fun people. And then, um, and this other thing, if someone doesn't like your shit or someone says something shitty, it's just them. Move on. Yeah, you know, it's like, not the end of your career. It's not the end of your life as yeah. a person. You're actually not a piece of shit as a result of it. Yeah, and that's it's so easy to feel that way. Of course, like it just takes one person a level up than you to be like, mm, not funny, not great for you to be like, shit. What am I doing? Might you as well know, go like, to chiropractor school. Do they have a chiropractor school? I think so. I mean, that that feels like always a way out. Just learn to be a chiropractor. See, I just thought you just learn. <laughs> you just get one of those like dangling torsos that's a mm-hmm. skeleton, and then you just uh, sort of like, osmosis. You know what you're doing. Exactly. I'm and not shitting on chiropractors. I love chiropractors. I love chiropractors. Oh, I'm shitting on them. It's the worst. They're the worst. Well, I'll leave that for you. I'm do kidding. You, I've never you... been to one. <laughs> oh, you got to get to one. How's your back? <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I, I've nurtured a beautiful little hump on the back. And it's nice. Just keep and, it going. And, and the loop-de-loop in my spine seems to be uh, fun for everybody. Why? Um, I don't know. Do you have more time or do we need to wrap up? I can do a little more time. All right. Um, Are you I, – I, like you're going to cut this down to like three minutes, I'm assuming. Because I've – I don't know. I'm like, probably not going to cut much, like, man. I'm not going to cut much. It's weird to say, like, what's your advice? And, like, I don't know, man. I can tell you all about failure. Well, it's not – that's – I mean – I don't know. I think what I'm more interested in is process. Like I'm very curious about like, because I'm 
because I haven't done anything. I'm very curious yeah, to learn like people's fucking processes. Like, do you fucking do you outline? I mean, you have an idea, right? So I have an, you have an idea. idea. My, well, my process is different. Most people outline and they say like really know it down, and I've and I've done it for like like when I worked on a Nickelodeon show, everything's outlined and blah blah blah. But you, um, for me personally, I I just free I freeform really, and then I know which is not smart for, as a writer. So this is what I mean. There's structured writers who go like, all right, let's put it on thing. And I've been with those kind of guys. And I'm like A story, B story, blah blah blah. blah. And me personally, because um, comedy-wise, I just kind of freeform it. Like I know where it is, and I, I know enough about structure and story. And then once it's once I've got like the first draft up, then I kind of go, okay, this needs a story, this needs a this, and there's bones. But I need to work with something, right? And and I think especially like when I write dialogue and stuff like that, it's funnier for me just to go for it, and then. Uh, yeah, and I, and I think like some there's you know some guys are really good at story, and story is my and it shows a lot of times like a secondary thing for me, um, and I've just got like I'm supposed to do like I don't like saying names of the places because oh, don't weird. say your names. All right, then but I'm just at this place it's fairly big, and they're like I got hired to write a, a animation script, but it's like okay, and like you know, and I'm writing like bits and stuff, and like. Uh, and I've got to pitch them an outline at some point, but I'm like, I'm not sure what it, the story is yet. But I'm, but the bits will help me go like, okay, there's a bigger story here, there's a bigger story here, you know, like right. And so you kind of go from of, the inside out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's how I do it, and it's not the smart way to do it. But it, it's like, but my strengths are character and and, and dialogue, like um, men's story. You know, some people they're just like story people, like. They can lay it out. And I'm like, okay. You know, and it, and it feels slightly restrictive to me, but it's the smart way to go. But that's just my own personal. But like, like you wrote something recently. Like you wrote a, a spec, right? Like a yeah, sitcom spec. Like, yeah. <laughs> you don't get cocky about it. I'm not. Um, no. <laughs> it's a pilot. And then I'm teasing. Or a spec. The thing is, I don't know what you call it. It's, 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 it's tough just because you're writing this like. confidence right there. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Thanks, um, dude. Easy peasy, man. God, um, I think my work is done. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a thing where it's like, um, you know, like you're gonna you send you're in the stage where you're sending it out and getting notes and stuff like that. But it's like, uh, what like what is your process for it? For that one? Yeah. Did I you? Mean, it, did... That started with an outline. Uh, with really? Okay. Yeah, I outlined. I mean, it's well. <laughs> What? I'm joking. I was just shitting on purpose. I mean, it started. It starts with scenes. Like that whole show idea just started with like, what's the show? It's these guys, and what's their relationship? You know, whatever. And then like little scenes would appear in my mind, and then I would fit them into an outline, and then yeah, yeah. Um, but see, for me, the thing that's that where I wouldn't be good about that is I. What you just said is what I would try to do. I would try to fit scenes into an outline. And once you have an outline, it's sort of like, this is the, the way, this is the race you run. Like this is, it's all paved way. Yeah. Don't, don't try to retrofit, you know, like, and it, I think it's more difficult because you're like, okay, how do we make the scene funny as opposed to, all right, I'm going to write, but 
like um, this scene's funny where does it fit into the <laughs> overall story but at the same time this scene's funny it doesn't fit you know you have to be able to do that right you have to be like like um and i think that's that's the problem about doing this way is like you actually do like double triple the work going from the you know my my way you know yeah, going yeah. To, you know and uh but I don't mind that, you know, because I just save all that stuff. And then if something happens with the script, then you have stuff you saved and you can pitch other jokes and it becomes other scenes. And, and then, uh, I mean, you're yeah. only you're only tied to your outline when you've submitted your outline to somebody else, though. Right. I mean, you could still write out a, you know, whatever, however many yeah. scene outline. Yeah, and but, I, but I also it. feel like but I also feel like once you set your outline, you know, what I mean, like if you get a, I mean, there are people who work on their outline as hard as you work on a script, you know, like right. that, you know. So that when they write their script, it's just sort of like it feels like smooth sailing. Right. But I can't work on a outline like that. It gets me that makes me nuts. It gets me bored. So when you pitch um, something, what do you have to pitch generally? Is it just you in a room talking? Or do you um, have like do you make fucking decks? Um uh yeah, people fucking love their decks they now. Love decks. That's all I hear I about are pitch decks. That's it. <laughs> this is you know what's crazy? Okay, this is you know what? Uh, okay. So, do you have, if you have a Mac, it's called Keynote. Sure. Uh, someone said to me once, and this is, this is crazy. I will say this is crazy. So, like, I pitched to this lady, I pitched her these ideas, like, um, at this company. Uh, she's a development person mm. at the time. And she was like, oh, you just picture the concepts. You know, if you're, if you're in there pitching concepts, they may ask you questions about them, but chances are, like, that's funny. I like that. That's good. Can you come in with that? And then the next level is when you got to have, like, I'll pitch like five things sometimes. Like, and sometimes I've pitched, I've been able to pitch to people where I pitched this. I've been like, it's this show meets this show. Like, I'm nah, it's this, 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 nah, it's this, 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 this. Yeah, I love that. Wow. You know, like, and I've pitched other people where it's been like, you know, if you, if you know the executive enough to be comfortable enough to do it, you know, like, Okay, here's the setting. It's this, these people for blah, 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 blah. It's this, and it's, this is an allegory to this. They're like, oh, I fucking love it. You know, I generally, you know, half a page or less. And or less, if you're, pitch, if you're pitching one thing, I, at that level, at the very first level, for me, it's like this. It's, uh, here's what I'll say. If they don't like it, but it's still an okay pitch, you can come back. When you come back to repitch, you gotta figure it's two months at the least. And like, right. I'm like, I'm not going to pitch one every two months until I hit it. Like I pitch like three or four and I'll hear it, you know, and then whatever sticks, sticks, sometimes more than one sticks and whatever. But, um, they're like, come in. And so I told my friend, like, I got to go to the next level, the vice president now. And he said, like, do a keynote. And I was like, I've never, <laughs> I've never had visual aids. And he's like, well, it's animation, you know, like, and these people, like, that's how they see things. You know, they don't, they don't, your words are great, but they see, they'll buy shows based on people's artwork, you know, like, oh, it's right. a great character, you know, like, they can, they'll assume something's a great character by the way it looks, you know, and so I'm like, okay, I did a big keynote, and you can go like, and it was like, literally just like a, uh, pulled stuff off the web, you know, it's like one of those, like, Pinterest kind of thing. And, that shit, like, and keynote's pretty fucking, pretty user-friendly, right? It's pretty good. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause I don't, I don't, I never built a fucking like, I don't know. I, I you never built a deck. Never right? built a deck, man. But I will say, and I'm a little bit on the deck side, so I, I do this thing. Woo, we love it. 
Um, great. And then I pitched him. I, the next thing, I didn't do a deck. But I had the same same kind of results. But the deck was able to go, it's like this character meets this character. And they, you can see go, it. Oh. They can see it and they, you know, they're like, mm, I can taste it. And you feel like, okay. But um, so here's how fucked up I am, though. I'm like, in my mind right now, I'm like, well, how did he actually like, did they, did, did he bring in a thumb drive? Did he bring in his laptop? Like, how did they, who, who hooked up the HDMI? Like, were they all sitting yeah. around, you know? Still, oftentimes they're like, oh, let's hook up the HDMI. It's a mess. But I'm saying it's the dumbest, this is the dumbest like hurdle that's 400 steps oh, from yeah, now. Yeah. The shit that I get yeah, hung yeah, up yeah, on. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. just build the fucking deck, man. Yeah, build like, the deck you figure out first. how to show it to them on the day. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, but, well, uh, that—that's half the battle because you sit there, you spend half the time going like, "Oh, this, this isn't working. Uh, it's not doing it." <laughs> and it always ends with me going, "I'll just use my computer." Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so like, we wasted fifteen, twenty minutes just on your just gather Jake, around. Now, now I've got to talk twice as fast. Right. It's gather, <laughs> and so um, you you can't see this fifteen-inch retina filthy. screen. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. So then um, they um. There's a picture of my kid, and here we go. Right. Uh, so then, um, so like, oh, so then I just, I just pitched another show to this company, and they, they were like, "We love this idea," but I pitched it to a um, production company to go out with it, you know, together. And the production company was like, "Well, we need a deck." Mm. <laughs> like, okay, and they're like, "We'll be on the deck." Like, production companies love to be like, "We're we're the deck company. Don't you worry about that." It's like, right. okay, you know, you're going to turn the background yellow and put in the same pictures I, you know, I would. But, but like, they love it. People, if someone loves doing your deck and they're going to do a deck for you, let them, man. Please. And then, you yeah. know, I gave them notes. That's the other thing. Young me would have just been, I guess, it's fine. Right. New and me is like, like, I can give fucking notes on this deck. Right? Like, hey, guys, I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I'm not like, do as I say, but I'm like, sure. Look, here's what I would do for here and here because of this. It's up to you. Well, it's, it's just know, but, confidence that you've built over yeah. fucking 20 years. Yeah. And so, you know, so then by the end of it, you're like, yeah, I can get behind this. Right. And then, um, and then we, you know, then we pitched it. It was funny because then, uh, oh, we love it. We love the deck. We love that. We pitched it to a, <clears throat> a kind of a big network thing. And they were like, oh, great. Can you get us a one page? <laughs> right. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I was like, of course we can do one page. It's supposed to be five pages. It's right. cumbersome five pages. So then it's like, then you're doing a one page deck. <laughs> waiting for like, hey, can you just put it like the size of a nickel? I can just throw it at my friend. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and the reason I, I recommend doing a deck, if you're just pitching a show, if you're pitching a script, why would you do a deck? So you, sorry, sorry. So wait, so the deck obviously would preclude writing the script. So like once you've the script written, you that's it, right? Or well, it, yeah, if I mean, you, you tell if me. You, if you sell a script, you sell a script. Right. Um, but if you sell a show, you don't know what the pilot's going to be. You know, you don't know what the script's going to be. If you sell a show based on a deck, or if you sell a pilot or a script. If you, if you sell a script, that's the show. Frame. You know, like, that's probably what they'll make. That's probably what they'll work on. We love the script. Right. That'll get you all your work. Right. But if you sell, if you go and you go, like, I'm going to pitch some shows to, like, an animation company or this company or whatever. Whatever company, like, the first thing, if they buy a show based off your pitch, the next level is development. Then you go into development. And then you write your uh, pitch Bible for the next level, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then you come up with, like, concepts for 
come up with your theme, you know, what you're showing a one liner. <laughs> right. Like, I am broke. Please make right. this. <laughs> right. Eight How's words. That? That an can... eight word sentence, please. It is whatever the fuck you want it to be. You tell me. You tell me. <laughs> and then uh then you gotta make your episode. You gotta write your episode like concepts and then it's like because right. and, and everyone wants to weigh in on some level. And then you gotta just be like, Yeah, it's great. You know, instead of like, fuck you, that's not my character. It's like, okay, yeah, what you know, I'm like they just wanna be able if it sells to be like, Yeah, I helped them out on all of it, you know, like right. I'm cool with that, you know. Of course. Um they uh and some of them have really good ideas and they're like but Overall, it's, you know, the, the more you can be open to, like, you don't go, this is the pilot, no right. matter what. Yep. I'm you know, like, you don't know. Other, fucking word. You may sell scripting and we won't make this a show, but this is not the episode we want to make. Right. You know, like, oh, okay. But um, I remember once, this is another one of my great stories, and it's best not to say no flat out. Like, don't say the word no. Ever. You can say, like, uh, uh, almost ever. Yeah. You can say like if they pitch like what are they all in hats? Go, oh that worked out great. Oh, except but what if they had the hats, but then it got in the way of this scene, so like we right. may want to save the hats right. for episode you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, figure work out, out a way not to tell someone fuck off. Yeah, because, yeah. Like one of my favorite things that the first show I sold, the first show I sold was to uh sci fi network when they were like, We want to break into uh late night animation. Uh, and do like at the time Adult Swim had just happened and like C Lab 2021 also. Right. So like I uh pitched the show. They went crazy for it. And it was we take an old anime and redub it. Oh, that's awesome. And at the time, this is gonna this gives you the date of it. Well, I mean it's been done to you know death nowadays. But sure. back then it was like cutting edge. Um and th- they were like give me you want Robotech? You want like all these like iconic anime things like Battle of the, you know, just crazy. At one point, they were like Dragon Ball Z, and I'm like, we can't take like ones that are like super iconic and redub it. Right. It's like, a, they're still going. B, they have a fan base that'll fucking savage it. Totally. It's so like, you know, so there's this one I found. It was an offshoot of Robotech, and the pitch was it was a guy who was a pilot who drove a plane, and it would transform into a robot. You know, so it was, it was Robotech. Mm. It was one of the Macross Seven, I think, or something like that. Some, but it's so late down the thing. It was like this insane. You know, no one cared about it. Right. So like, we'll take this one. And I said, and it was a scene where he's just playing guitar and stuff. He that was his the main character thing. He had a guitar and crazy hair. And at the exact same time, uh, Corey Feldman, before he went full nuts, was trying to do a band. Mm-hmm. And this, this is, I would go watch. I, I like, I was like, holy shit! Like this, so. And he was always promoting his band. This is somewhere in the 2000s. Sure. And, I remember that uh, era. Like, yeah, there was a Tower Records and he performed there. I remember seeing him and he treated it like, like, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it was like, it was so awesome. Like, mm-hmm. And it was like, just like three people standing there like, you know, but he acted as if it was like a stadium and it was just everything about it. It was like kind of gothy weirdness. Mm-hmm. It was weird, but it's just like, I was in love with it because it was just, it was pure in its own weird insanity. Earnestly, it was like, you, yeah. It, it, but it, like earnest insanity, you yeah. know, it wasn't just like, I want to be loved. It was like, I'm in a different world. And it's like, he saw the world differently. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And I was like, I'm in, I'm fucking in. And so then I came back and I pitched a sci-fi. I go, okay, this is Corey Feldman. 
it's actually Corey Feldman. And he, there's a scene where like in the um, cartoon where the guy like falls through the ground and like comes back up and I go, <clears throat> he falls through the ground where he's buried alive for 200 years and he comes up it's the future and his job is he has to is he has to drive a robot and just and shoot people but he's just trying to get his band together he's just trying to start his he's still trying to get his band so there's always like he's always been guitar and he's always pitching songs in the middle of like 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 battles and stuff because the thing was like he's just this cool guy in his like pilot you know one of people playing guitar so it's like and everyone else is his band but they all work blowing shit up and they were like, oh, it's fucking great. And I was like, I played them music. And I played them interviews. And they're like, we're doing this. And then, so it got really far. And they were like prepping to go out to them. And then uh, the animation company like pulled the plug on it. Because they we had to get approval. The American people, the distribution company is like, yeah, we love this. But the Japanese in Japan, if you create it, you have final say on anything. Right. And the creator was like, Fuck you. It's <laughs> 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 so like, you know, like luckily before we went out to him, like we got the the FU. And I remember like everybody at Sci-Fi was like like loving it. And they had just gotten this new CEO who was like Hollywood as you can get. So then they're like, well, let's find a new show. And I found one that we got a pre-approved, but it was totally different. Uh, the concept was like so different. And he was like, dude, I heard about this. I totally get it. I fucking love it. And this is everybody's in this meeting because he's the new CEO. Right. There's like the president, the vice president, the secretary. And I'm like, um, like, okay, like people from fourth floor. And I'm like, okay, all right. And he's just spewing off about how fucking genius I am. And then he goes like, and I fucking love it. Corey Feldman, man. Corey Feldman's going to be blow their minds. Enough time had passed now where Corey Feldman, it's been another six months, went from like hilariously awesome to like, oh, there's, there's something not quite right. And he had done a few things like not great. And I was like, and it's not the only reason I would have done that is because it was a parody of Corey Feldman's life that matched this perfectly. And it, you know, but like the new animation didn't match. So I said to the guy, this is the weirdest thing. Like literally like that's fucking genius. And he goes, Corey Feldman. I go, Oh yeah, no, Corey Feldman's not right for this new version. Like, no, well, no, that you think of the old one. And he goes, what do you mean? I go like, well, no, it's a different story. Da, da, it's this one. And it's just, Corey Feldman's not right. And he goes, so you're saying no? Mm. And, I go, like, and I go, I guess so. Yeah, no. And he goes, okay. All right. Meeting over, everybody. Meeting over. Everybody out. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> wow. There's a I lesson. Mean, I, yeah, there's a lesson. I mean, this show still went on, but it was not the love that. Oh, I well, the show still room. went on, though. Yeah, there you go. Well, but like, that was my big lesson in like, uh, just say like, that would be awesome. Right. Be like, yeah, that'd be great. And I don't know how this would work, but. Well, then, you know, like future Fred would have gone like, sure, man, let's go for it. And right. then like, we reached out, he can't do it, you know? Right. <clears throat> totally. So, but yeah, that was. That's actually, that's fucking fantastic advice. Yeah, man. I mean, that's just like I said, like, I, I only know failure. He says as he has a show going and, you know, other oh. shit in development. But they're all going to like, I, I go into, it's like the samurai uh, that wins, wins the battle has already walked onto the battlefield uh, is already dead. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
I just walk on going like, yeah, okay. You know? <laughs> hey, man, you're a billionaire. Sure, okay. Like, yeah, I have been told, like, several fucking times, pardon my language, like, you're going to be a millionaire. Like, I remember I sold a show. A friend of mine and I came up with this, like, animated show. And we had MTV and, and Cartoon Network fighting over it. Wow. Like, apparently I had friends that worked at Cartoon Network and the head of that thing was running around going, does anybody know Fred Belford? Does anybody know Fred Belford? They go, call him right now and tell him he's got to come with us. You know, I'm like, and like my agent at the time was like, shit, like, you were like, you're going to be the next South Park. We're pairing you with South Park. And then MTV was like, you know, hey, we got MTV too. We're the, so here's 40 bucks, you know? And then, um, and I was like, oh my God. So we sold it and we went with, you know, to be the next South Park. And we're like, shit, we're going to be rich. And it was this weird, like, literally it went from you're the greatest thing ever we wrote a script where our agent was like you guys this is one of the funniest scripts i've ever read and like even like he was not just trying to blow smoke up we were sure. so proud of it and it's just sort of like the guy who was the head of it the vice president was reading it but he's like i'm going on vacation i'll take it with me like oh uh, just this weird momentum thing and it right. just sort of tapered off and fizzled and we're like oh we're not we don't have a no show <laughs> you loved it so much what <laughs> What the? And it's like, oh, I didn't think it was going to be this. It's like, this is super fucking funny. It's like, well, I don't think it's funny. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, right. Like, okay. Well, maybe you don't read it when you're on the fucking beach. And then, um, so but, then, it could, uh, <laughs> but it's these arbitrary things that are so far out of your control that dictate so much of your career, basically, no matter where yeah. you are in your career. Yeah. And I assume, sure, but the, you know, other people have, if I had like, muscle like real muscle like oh he's got a show on this and they'd probably be a little people be a little more like you know like well we got to give him this show you know like somebody i've lost shows to to people because like oh this guy had this show like that show sucked you know but like they had that show yeah that show and that's that's a big deal and and, um gosh i mean that's i mean i can just tell you millions of things like that like every show where it's like you're like one time i sold a show to g4 walked in the room I was like, I was just with these branding managers. They loved it. And uh, they go like, we fucking love it. And I, I was like, like, we want to do this. We're going full board. And I walk up to me and I go, dude, we just sell this in the room. They go, we just sold this in the room. It's fucking amazing. They're like, we'll talk to you next week. You know, okay, great. This is amazing. Uh, within the week, uh, it was this big announcement. All of a sudden, nobody knew about it. G4 was being canceled and being replaced with uh, like a new format where it's just cars. Right. Uh, like, we're just the all dudes network. We just love us cars and bikinis. So I'm like, oh, oh, there's no more, no more comedy. Right. Uh, what else? I sold the show to um, an animation network. Um, very <laughs> with a very popular sponge, and then uh, <laughs> they're like, this lady's like, I fucking love it. It's great. It goes, nah, nah, nah. and then uh, development one by one. Like, so she left company. I'm like, okay. And then, so who do I go to now? Oh, I'll go to this person. This person leaves the company. Okay, okay, who do I go to now? You got to go to the head. Uh, the head, he's no longer with the company. And I go like, well, who do I talk to? And they're like, well, there's no really development. No one in development right now. So just, I'm oh, <laughs> like, fuck. So finally, they moved some guy over and he's like, yeah, hey, what do you got? And I was like, it's something that everybody else is excited. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, it happened to me so many times. Yeah. Like, And I remember, so that story was like, so I go into this other animation company, it's my dream company. And this guy goes, I fucking, you know, like, I love this. This is great. You know, I'm doing this, developing something for him. And I go like, it doesn't matter. You're not going to be here next week. I tell him the, the story and I go, it's a joke. 
He's like, ha, 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 ha. He was not there next week. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just this thing of like, yeah. like I said, like, I'm always like, too early or too late. I've yeah. got to find my you you my sweet spot where I you know I got to wait till like it's like okay we just made a fresh fresh group of hires I'm in now I'll pitch right you know so yeah but man. I can I can go like literally like ten shows like that that I sold that have, something like that has happened each right. time. But the bottom line is you just I mean you just got to keep going forward because that shit yeah. is completely out of you can only control what you can control basically. Yeah, and I think the trick is also. I think most people would, uh, I, you know, like also never give up on, on things that you believe in. Right, it's gonna be the weird, the most positive thing I'll tell you. Like, yeah, like I said, I sold the show to MTV, failed, then I resold it to HBO years later. You know what I mean? Like, right. so you never know what you know what you're gonna be able to. I've had stuff that's like ten years old that people have been like, oh, "That's amazing," right. and I pitched it when I first came up with it and people were like, no, nobody wants to see that. I remember. Okay. And this is my last story. I remember I pitched in the late nineties, um, a reality television show where it ends with people getting married is like what you're trying to get on camera. <clears throat> and I pitched to, it was right when reality television was still like, a, like it was the real world. And like a couple things started to bubble over. And I'm like, this is gonna, like, I was like, no one called, I didn't no call it reality television, but I was like, this is a awesome. Like, show game show you think and i had two like i want to say it was like abc and like cbs like they're like big places like um and i don't know if it was them for sure but it was like one of those and i said uh in in there one guy said the exact word nobody will ever get married on a tv show Mm -hmm. it'll never happen (laughs) i was like okay "Okay." lad yeah, I was like, but I mean, I was like, okay, I guess you're right. right. And then, like, what? And then, like, a few years later, it's like, he's a slob and they're going to get married. You know, like, meet Joe Blow. And it's like, right. it became like everyone was fucking getting married. You know, I was like, I was ahead of my time. I mean, yeah. If, 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 like, if you, if, if that happens and you see it actually come to pass a couple of years later and you're able to keep going and not, like, get so resentful that you just shut down, like, I mean, that's. That's the resolve I guess you need, you know, just to be able to yeah. take those fucking lumps, lump after. Because that's what, I mean, just lump after lump after lump, huh? There's a lot of lumps. Yeah. I mean, it's, but it's, you know, like, I'm sort of breaking even, you know, like, yeah, for every positive thing, you know, but I'm also not trying to sell big time movie scripts, right. you know, so I don't know. And those guys have their own problems. Yeah. I had a friend, the friend that I worked with in the movie awards said to me at one point he goes uh i gotta i'm gonna find something else to do and he's he's making like millions of dollars selling his movie scripts but something happens each time that one w- won't be made you know sort of stories like mine but like the difference is he's getting millions right. <laughs> <laughs> there's one like oh jim carrey doesn't want to do it you know right and so i'm like oh, okay and then um <laughs> it's, a, it's a different set of problems wherever you are and yeah. it's just a matter of like what you can take and he reinvented himself and is there's a crazy successful thing in entertainment right now so that's awesome. with books and stuff that's awesome <laughs> yeah man yeah man success breeds success momentum breeds momentum right keep just keep pushing forward just keep pushing forward one foot in the front of the other one day at a time yeah keep coming and you back. gotta 
you got to take your excuses and not do them and make your excuse list and cross them off. Cause like, yeah, nobody gives a shit if you have to stay up all night with a kid and, and wake up early for a kid. Nah, nobody cares. Nobody in the, cares. Like, you know, nobody cares. You're not going to be able to say like, Oh, I had a real busy week. The script would have been better if uh, I wasn't awake. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I, gives a fuck. You guys, I wouldn't make this deadline, but <laughs> you know, first grade, you know what that's going to be like, right? <laughs> Gonna buy a backpack this week. <laughs> Yeah. All right, man. Later. Later. <laughs> Good luck making some sort of coherent shit out oh, of all Oh, it's going to be an hour and 54 minutes, dude. Has it been that long? Yep. Oh, man. I don't have this kind of time. I'm just going to put this shit up I there. I left my kid in the bathtub. <laughs> all right, Fred. All right, Nick. Good luck. Hopefully I Good see you soon, buddy. Good luck tricking people into listening to this, and hopefully someone will just gives you a job out of it. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you later <laughs> when we're bye. not recording ourselves. Bye. Yeah, right, bye.